Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Don't be the person who tweets how many home runs Aaron Judge is on pace for. Don't do it. Just, just don't. You don't have to say, oh my God, he homered in his first plate appearance. That means 162. You don't have to do it. I know you feel compelled, just don't. I hope you feel compelled to join us in the basement. I'm in a great mood today. We have weird topics to talk about that I'm really into. I like weird. We have a new biggest, longest loser in all of sports, and it may be a friend of ours from the NFL. What's the worst jersey number? What is it? It is a debate that drives us. You guys had many thoughts. In all of pro sports, what are the stupidest numbers and the stupidest number that just looks unathletic and unattractive on someone's jersey? I think we have a winner. I have decided what it is, and you guys helped. Plus, the Bill Belichick hot hot seat stuff is so good. Belichick's not going to get fired this year if he doesn't win the Super Bowl. It's awesome. It's out there. We're going to talk about it. It makes me laugh. What I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious is how we start the show. All right, you know, around here in the basement, we like to talk a lot of Sacramento Kings basketball. It's just what we do. It is our lifeblood and our bedrock of the show. We are going to do it right now. Why am I starting this this segment and the show with the Sacramento Kings? Because last night in the association, the Sacramento Kings clinched a playoff berth. The Kings are going to the NBA playoffs. And they have not done that in 17 years. 17 years. Last time the Kings went to the playoffs... It's the legends were there still. Rick Adams, the coach, Bibby, Peja, and then they also brought in Meta World Peace, Brad Miller, Bonzi was on the team. I loved Bonzi Wells at the time. And they, that team, 17 years ago, made the playoffs. This year's team made the playoffs and snapped that drought. The Aaron Fox is their leading scorer, and God bless them. I hope they do all kinds of things. Why do I care? Why do you care that the Sacramento Kings are in the playoffs? Because now there is a new king, so to speak, that has the current longest playoff drought in the four allegedly major sports. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Do you want to hear who it is? Let me give you a rundown. Let me go from smallest loser to biggest loser. At six seasons since having not made the postseason in a respective sport. The Texas Rangers, the Orioles, the Red Wings. What are you guys doing? The Red Wings? And the Detroit Lions. Very close last year, the Lions, but it's been six years. At seven seasons, the Royals, the Pirates, the Hornets, and the Broncos. Broncos, that's a disaster. You're a great organization. You haven't made it in seven years. At eight seasons since last having made the playoffs, the Detroit Tigers and the LA Angels, who have one of the best baseball players to ever live, and they can't make the playoffs. Eight seasons, 11 seasons a runner-up in the biggest, longest loser. I hate to say it. I know there's a lot of Buffalo fans listening. The Sabres. They haven't made the playoffs in 11 years? That's terrible. I like that the Bills make it every year now. But the Sabres, 11? This, you're talking about this has been going on since like the, the early teen decade? Whatever we call it? Terrible. But after the Sacramento Kings relinquished their throne of playoff droughts by cashing in and going to the postseason... The number one longest playoff drought in professional sports. The highest level, the biggest salaries, the best athletes. The number one longest streak. 
J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. You are on the throne. The New York Jets have not made the playoffs in 12 years. That is longer than any of those teams I just read off. Think about, think about some of the hashtag moribund franchises in whatever sport you're way into. Think about the teams that, that get made fun of. I mentioned the Lions, they were punching bag for a long time. The Jaguars, the Texans, they're expansion teams in here. Whatever is the worst baseball team, the worst basketball team, they have all made the playoffs more recently than a classic organization in the number one media market in the world who has taken swings and had high draft picks and fired coaches and brought in coaches. The Jets, number one. The last time the Jets were in the playoffs. And listen, not the title game, not the Super Bowl, just a measly entry-level wildcard game. The last time they were even in that. Sanchez? Mark Sanchez? <laughs> Mark... Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez was in like five teams since then, retired, started a whole media career. Rex Ryan has been sitting in the media for years now. He was an entire coach of the Bills between now and then. The Jets. And you know what? I'm not bringing it up to say same old Jets and make fun of them. It is remarkable. And I'm blown away that it's been that many years. But this is good for Jets fans. Take this. It's, you're not second now. You're first. You're being looked at. You're being memed and gifted and... This is something that will follow you around unless you want to deal with it, unless you want to address it head on. And knowing Robert Sala, he will. There was a thing that was going on last year where the Jets had this divisional losing streak in the AFC East and they couldn't beat anybody. It had mounted and mountain mounted and Sala came out and talked about it. He did not hide from it. He did not say, I'm not interested in that. We're just focused on this week. No, he embraced it in the sense that we are going to destroy it. And they did. And they did. And they had a really good season, including a win over the Buffalo Bills. They got this whole thing where Brady and the Patriots have just owned them and Belichick hates the Jets and they win every single time. You got to deal with that some more and you got you to break this streak because you cannot be uttered in the same sentence above hockey teams and crappy baseball teams. You are the New York bleeping Jets. That should mean something. You have the offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year. You're about to have a four-time MVP. You got a coach everybody likes. You got Quinn Williams. You got all kinds of things going for you. You have to make the playoffs. You can't be at the top of crap mountain right there. That is rough. That goes back decades now with all these teams. Longest streak of suckiness. There's my, uh, my English degree. 12 seasons. I love it, not because I'm laughing at the Jets. I love it because I think Salah can take it and use it and present it to the team and say, this, this is something we are going to snap over our knee and we're going to do it this year and I'm ready and you're ready and we're going to get the hell off this. Don't hide from it. Look at it as a team, as an organization, as a fan base, being like, this is us right now. Biggest losers in the world. On the block of professional sports and all the different sports of the different homes and the different cul-de-sacs, we're the biggest, longest losers. And I don't care. I wasn't here for that. I wasn't here 12 years ago. I don't know. You were here last year. You were here the year before. You guys never made the playoffs. Make the playoffs. Get in. Give me the, give me the, the self-respect of getting to a wild card game. I'm not even, this is not a streak about last time since someone's won a playoff game. It's been actually invited to a playoff game. Break it. Use it. It'll be fun. Because you know what? Once you do it, you'll like this, Jets fans. If you hate Buffalo and you hate the Buffalo Bills, that's your right. Break this streak, get into the playoffs, and the king of crap mountain goes to Buffalo. Buffalo Sabres will become the longest running team. Unless the Buffalo Sabres can cash it in, but who knows. 
that would be a way of beating Buffalo. You beat Buffalo in football last year, this way you could actually deal them a defeat in hockey as well. Break this thing, use it, break it. Let's stay in the AFC East though. This is a bit of a media observation have to do with football, and it's something that I call what I hate. I don't want to see the words Bill and Belichick and hot and seat in the same sentence or the same tweet. I just don't want to see it. Not for years and years and years. In fact, not ever. That's the buzz right now. Uh, ben Volan, who I greatly respect for the Boston Globe, reporting that Belichick's seat is officially hot. Here we go. All right, Ben says, his boss is losing patience. His friends are worried. His replacement is lurking. Bill Belichick's seat is officially hot for 2023. It's dramatic as hell. It's great copy. I, I'm riveted by it. I just don't agree with it. I don't abide it. I don't want to hear that. Let me just paint the picture a little bit, all right? There's this Gerard Mayo thing where everybody loves him. He's this great Patriots player. Everybody seems to be really impressed with him as a coach, and he seems like a rock star. Robert Kraft comes out and says there's no ceiling in his ability to be a head coach, and he'll be a head coach. I'm sure of that. I hope he's with us. I'll do everything I can to make that happen. Whoa, Mr. Kraft, that job is currently taken by a guy who has 292 wins and six Super Bowls. Then you have this, uh, Belichick recently was asked, you know, what do you say to the fans, you know, who need assurances or what to make them feel better about Patriots football and Belichick said, you know, the last 25 years. Well, uh, a couple of his former soldiers, Teddy Bruschi, Rob Ninkovich, Devin McCourty have all criticized that comment. And then Asante Samuel, who used to play for Belichick, who gets very salty sometimes on Twitter. He come out and, and tweets to Lamar Jackson amidst the rumors that Lamar could go to this team or that team. Asante tweets, Lamar Jackson, my brother, trust me, you don't want to play for Belichick. <laughs> so there's some heat going on and there's some heat uh, around Belichick. And I've talked about it myself. Since Brady left, Belichick is a sub 500 coach with one playoff game appearance and uh, just oh, took a walloping in that game. And that's it. And yet I'm not here for it. Bill Belichick will not be and should not be fired in the same sense that someone else might be fired, like, I don't know, Cliff Kingsbury, because they don't make the playoffs for a certain amount of years, or they can't get the most out of X quarterback who's been drafted. He's immune to all of it. He's above all of it. I said it again, 292 wins, six Super Bowl championships. You look at sort of the comps over the years. You, there's really very few, if any, cases of coaches of his stature and his resume who eventually ownership just said, we're going to let you go. Don Shula stepped away. Uh, John Wooden retired. Pat Summit stepped away for health reasons. Really the only one is a completely different era in team sports, and that was Tom Landry. Jerry Jones bought the team and straight up fired Tom Landry in his impeccably tight fedora in 1989, and Jerry Jones said he was in anguish about it and it was one of his worst moments, but he fired him, okay? We have to look at this in a different way. Conventional thinking about, well, few years since any playoff wins and the team didn't look good last year and when maybe you're on the hot seat. That doesn't apply to him. And I guess it's a little cringy for me because hot seat is such a cliche and it's such like a fast food sports media term that you just throw up hot seat and you do your column or you do your TV segment or do your tweet. 
Bill Belichick is well above, above hot seat, all right? That, that's, that's not a thing. You look around, last year I mentioned Cliff Kingsbury was on the hot seat. A coach, Robert Sala will be on the hot seat if the team is not good this year, especially if they get Rodgers. Belichick isn't even on the seat. He's, he's in the, the owner's box. He's standing. He owns that place. I just, I, I hate the idea that, I don't know, Belichick might be out. Even John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh won one Super Bowl, not six. And he had a few rough years. He had three straight consecutive seasons of not making the playoffs, which would be worse what Belichick's done over the last three years. He did make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. And Harbaugh wasn't let go because he was looked at as a guy who has a handle on the organization and he's a good coach and he won a Super Bowl for the team. Belichick won six. The other comp is Saban. How many substandard seasons would Nick Saban have to have as an Alabama head coach? How many middle-tier bowl games would they have to show up in as Nick Saban or the head coach for Alabama, the, the school president, the athletic director, to be like, you know, Nick, we're going to move on in a different direction. What? I, there's not an amount. He would decide when to move on. I, I, I cannot fathom a world in which Belichick goes another year and another year, and it's been five years, and he's still committed, and he's still involved, and he still creates the staff, and he still puts a product out there. I don't think Robert Kraft is going to whack him. It's just not going to happen that we said Bill Belichick has been let go. I don't care if, if Gerard Mayo is, is the next Bear Bryant meets, I don't know, the greatest coach of all time, meets Bill Belichick. It's like, I could say, I don't care if Gerard Mayo is the next Bill Belichick. No, he's literally coaching under Bill Belichick. It's just, I, I, I don't like the idea that he's going to be held to the same standard as these other guys. And I don't like that it's hot seat watch. There's other coaches in the hot seat. Belichick became immune to hot seat talk, I think halfway through his time at, at, at New England, like three Super Bowls into the six. It reminds me of when Brady was starting to struggle a little bit several years ago and when Garoppolo was still there, the on to Cincinnati press conference that Belichick gave and someone asked if, if they think that he needs to examine the quarterback position. And it was a funny question, and I respect the guy who asked it, but Belichick was so offended and so belittled the question. He's like, it's Brady. We're not doing squat. I think Joe Torre got the same question about Derek Jeter at one point, too. Um, you can't tell me that Belichick is at risk of being fired. Ben Volen is not a Ben Volen topic. It's more of a wider media topic. He just has the article, so he's extremely plugged in, and all those Boston area guys are, and I'm sure they know a million things about the nuances of the relationships between Kraft and Belichick. Where I'm sitting, you can't fire Bill Belichick. You can't even tell me that his job is in danger. He will decide when he is done being the head coach of the Patriots and then let you know. He has earned that. He deserves that. He has worked for that. There's no firing Bill Belichick. There's no flirting with it. There's no saying playoffs are bust for you. This isn't some guy you called up from college and you give a couple of years and you say, oh, it's not working out. It's not, it's not Matt Rule. <laughs> it's, it's Bill Belichick. The seat is not hot because he's not even in it. Let's get to what's hilarious. This one is fun. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So we know that the Jersey world in the NFL changed because they voted on and passed a rule that number zero is going to be an actual NFL jersey number. I talked about it yesterday here in the basement, and I've got my 21 on today. This is my Deion Sanders Falcons jersey that I bought in 1992. Actually, I didn't buy it. My mom bought it for me because I was in seventh grade. Um, so when you start talking about jersey numbers and zero, you start saying, you know, this is the best jersey number. Like, how does the optics of zero going to look? Do you like it? Are you out on it? We spend so much time watching football and so much time staring at these men with these giant numbers on their chests and their backs. Is zero a good number? Is it a bad number? And if it's bad, could it be the worst? What is the worst jersey number? Maybe you played high school sports and you were handed a jersey with a number on it that you hated or you got to pick a number that you love. Maybe you just love professional sports and you refer to guys and catalog them in your memory as what jersey number they were. That's kind of where I come out. So I asked you guys, and I don't want to get into it yet. I'll give my take first. I was... <laughs> I have a strong opinion about it that I think has been kind of changed and molded a little bit by having this discussion online. I came out strong and I said 41 is a terrible number. I don't like 41. It's just odd to me. It's it's one of those weird prime numbers that, you know, I, I loved 40 when I was a kid because I love Mike Allstott and my dad loved Gail Sayers and I wore 40 when I was in high school and 41, it's just like a nice round 40 with this spare piece of change throughout, like a penny thrown at it. And so then you, then you get the brush back when you say that because like, whoa, Alvin Kamara. And I'm like, Alvin Kamara has done a lot to change 41 because on the field, he's really fun and entertaining to watch. And he scored six touchdowns and he kind of made 41 his. And then there's people who come in and say, well, Dirk Nowitzki had 41. That's true. And then the older guys were like, Glenn Rice had 41. I weigh the football ones significantly heavier than basketball or baseball. Not just because I consume football more, but because it's more of your identity as an athlete when you have the helmet on and the numbers are way bigger. I just think it's a bigger deal in football. But I've kind of been talked out of the 41 because I think Kamara, even though he's on the Saints and you know he's not exactly a Super Bowl champ and you know he's been in some trouble and stuff, like he just scored six touchdowns in a game in prime time wearing 41 a couple years ago. And it was almost like 41 had arrived. So I've moved off 41. I have a new thought though. Before I do though, I want to go through your thoughts. Worst jersey number, you can incorporate it from anywhere. I even saw some submissions from NASCAR where the numbers are massive. Worst jersey number, what do you got? I throw it out to you guys, the loyal listeners, followers of Kyle Brand's Basement. What cracks me up about these is that you guys have so many opinions about these, strong ones. This guy, at Heisenberg, Heisenberg, he says, numbers in the high 30s make running backs look slow. See, that's interesting. It's very interesting. I retweeted that. And Danny Woodhead chimed in and said, I believe this is true. Danny Woodhead wore number 39. 39 is a rough number. Uh, I think we were going to talk about it ahead. But at least there's some uh, heads of state that wore 39 over the decades that represent it. The 39 club is sparse, but there's some really powerful members of it. And I think that's funny. Like, if you took a running back and put him in 31 and then dressed the same running back in 38, 
you would think he would look slower. I, it doesn't make any sense, and yet I totally feel you. Next tweet. Worst jersey number in sports. This guy, Stevie, says, <laughs> I feel like 29 is a million DBs that you can't name. <laughs> That's funny. All right, I don't, listen, I know what you're getting at. It's just like some safety, such and such. You don't remember his name, it's 29. But 29 was also Eric Dickerson, who's the first ballot guy and the single season champ and a legend. I can, the, one of the tests about it is the worst number ever is when you hear it, can you immediately name a player who wore it? For me, Dickerson, yes, I can, 29. Next, these are great though. I, I wanna just do this all day. <laughs> NFL fashion advice, a great account. He says, 46 is brutal. <laughs> and he includes a picture of a player on the Lions. And he says, especially in that goofy Lions number font. It is a goofy font, it's bad. 46, not a great number. And does it pass the, can I immediately name a 46 like without even thinking about it? Tell me, my staff in those baseball really well. Wasn't Andy Pettit 46? I think he was. Um, but in football, not a pretty number at all. That's, that's certainly on the, on, the, on, the, on the watch list. The high 40s numbers get really ugly. Uh, next. Oh, Jimmy's in. Jimmy Traina, 47 is the worst number across all sports. I disagree, Jimmy. I, it doesn't pass the test. Immediately, I think 47, I see John Lynch. John Lynch, Hall of Fame player, Super Bowl champion, GM, Captain America. Everybody knows Lynch. I think 47. I'm not saying it's a great number. I think there are worse numbers than 47. But you're going to see a pattern here. A lot of you think the high 40s are no man's land. And I think I'm with you on that. And I have a conclusion about it. Next, after Jimmy says 47. Worst jersey number in sports. All right. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is a, such an interesting perspective. Good Talk Russ is his Twitter handle. He says, I've never loved 87. Feels too fat for a wide receiver. <laughs> and too skinny for a tight end. I don't agree with that, but I love the way that you break it down. 87, you know, I, I, Jordy Nelson comes to mind. Uh, Musin Muhammad was 87. Robert Brooks, also on the Packers before Jordy was 87. Just game breakers, like big time wide receivers. I don't think it's too fat for them. I will say one of my oldest friends, also named Kyle, hates the number 88 hates it i'm like how do you hate 88 it's it's michael irvin it's it's dale earnhardt jr and he's just he says it's like a digital clock with every single little stick filled it's just too much it's gross it's a gross number people have opinions about numbers uh next what do we have can we settle on the worst number all right craig says i think it's 48 i just googled it to confirm and it's a bad one hold that thought Craig, I, I think you may have cracked the case. 48 might be despicable. And I'm gonna prove it shortly. But let's finish up the tweets because I love these. I love that you have so many thoughts on them. Blink Eli says, from an NFL perspective, six is surprisingly bad. Jay Cutler might be the best six of all time. Fascinating. Because you think six is right there on Main Street of the single digits, it's right there, it's beachfront property. You got seven, you got five, there's tons of great ones there. What's up with six? And you're right, it, it's Jay Cutler is really the most accomplished six. Six should be a very popular number. Six is the amount of points you get when you throw a touchdown. That, why doesn't everybody six? Baker Mayfield was six. 
But it's it's a it's slim pickings at six. I think six is the most underrated number in sports. Did LeBron wore six on the on the Heat? I think. But in the football perspective, it's very 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 thin. Couple more. Um, next tweet. Jay Sequella says 49, worst number in any sport. It's the third string safety's number. <laughs> High 40s, guys. We, we figured this out. High 40s. 49 is also weird to me. It's especially strange when someone on the 49ers is wearing 49. <laughs> That's always weird. Is that an honor to wear 49 on the Niners? Because I don't see a lot of stars flocking to it. I, I'm out on that. Uh, last one. Will Parkinson friend of mine from the Turn on the Jets podcast. He says 61 is horrendous. We're taking the lineman numbers out. 46 is even worse. He says that's just disgusting. Is it? High 40s, mid 40s, I guess. We figured it out. So I, I, I have, I figured this out. I think the worst jersey number in team sports, I think it's 48. In fact, I know it's 48. 48 it fails the test of you immediately think of an iconic player, let alone a Hall of Fame player wearing 48. When I hear the number 48, especially on the football field, I just think it's the long snapper. This is a guy who goes out there in fourth down and throws it between his legs, and God bless him, but he doesn't wear a number 48. And if you want to know the backup, the background of this, Pro Football Hall of Famers wearing number 48. One. One. Less. Richter is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's a Rams linebacker from 70 years ago, back in the 50s and 60s. Only guy. Countless, countless thousands of NFL players who have between one most of the time and 99 to choose from. And the only one who has been enshrined in football heaven wearing 48 is a linebacker from the 50s. Amazing. I think 48 is the worst number. I think it's the least desirable number. Uh, Steven Davis, we remember him from the early 2000s. He was on Washington. He was on Carolina. Good player. Ran up a lot of yards. He was 48. Active 48s, Tay Crowder from the Giants and Bud Dupree from the Titans. Good players. But I, I just, I'd, I'd love to know the backstory of how they ended up with it because I guarantee, I remember when Bud Dupree changed teams to the Titans, I guarantee he had his pick. If he wanted 48, it was right there for him because no one else is touching that thing. I was talking to Jason McCourty earlier uh, today about this topic, and he says the 40s, you just look slow. And I go, oh, really? Like, even 40? He's like, let me tell you something. If we had a corner out there who was wearing 40, 42, 43, we would immediately test him deep. I'm laughing. I go, because of his number? He said, absolutely. You are weighed down wearing a number in the 40s. We will test you with the nine route right off the bat, and we will see if you can actually run. Because wearing number 44... 46, certainly 48, you can't. Um, 48, I think, is the worst jersey number. It's terrible in basketball. Absolutely awful. The greatest, most accomplished 48 in the NBA was Nazi Muhammad. Remember him, big guy? He changed uniforms, new teams, eight times in his 18-year career. Only wore number 48 for three seasons, so even he didn't like it. There's some interesting baseball players who wore 48. The, the, the case against 48 being the worst team number, worst jersey number in team sports history is baseball. Torrey Hunter, phenomenal player. One of my favorite baseball players of all time. He wore it for the Twins. Uh, Dave Stewart, I think, I guess he was 48 with the fork ball and the intimidator. Lee Smith, longtime closer. Borderline Hall of Fame, 48. Jacob deGrom, currently constantly injured. 
Yeah, Tensley injured, 48. And then uh, Eric Gagne, Dodgers closer, big time juicer, 48. That's a good crew for 48 there. But the football one is deplorable and the baseball one is laughable. Guys, I think we have it. Make the case. If your favorite team has a 48 on it, and we've looked, the guys right now in 40, it's, it's, it's not taken. If your favorite team or maybe your former ex uh, team ex player wore, wore 48 or currently wears 48, tweet this to them and say, stand up for it. I don't have any slight against 48. It's a nice, beautiful, even number. Nothing really wrong with it. just kind of sitting there right under the half century mark, minding its own business. But no one wants to wear it, certainly on the football field or the basketball court. And I, know, I, don't, I think I know why. I think it's just kind of vague, anonymous. It looks slow. It looks heavy. It's not those cool guys in the 50s who are the classic linebackers or pass rushers. It's not the fast guys down in the 30s. And it's not one of these cool, like, I'm 44 or 40 or even 45. There's some really good players. 48. Just anonymous, vague, weak, boring. And this isn't just me saying it. Look at the guys I just mentioned. They're not picking that number. Incredible. Prove me wrong. 48. Worst number in team sports history. Take a bow. Let's get to the best producer in media history. His name is Michael Flynn with something we do called Brant Awareness. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, Flynn, 48, we decided to, to crown as the worst number in, in team sports history. Did we get it right? We did get it right. Uh, you sold me, and then we did the research for it, and I, I, I think it's undeniable. When you think of a football player wearing 48 or any number in the late 40s, uh, you think of linebackers who like are fourth-string linebackers. They start on the practice squad, then they get bumped up when someone gets hurt, then they get cut, then they're back on the practice squad, then they're back up. Uh, even baseball, you named a couple notable ones, but after that, it's middle relievers who are usually awful. Uh, it's 48. It's the worst number in sports. Even the baseball guys that I mentioned, most of them were yesteryear, you know, the, the Gagne and Torrey Hunter and all that. I, I'm trying to remember it. Now I'm going to a different uh, avenue. I'm thinking of 1948. I'm trying to build 48 up and see. And if my high school history is serving me right, I think that 1948 was the uh, Dewey defeats Truman where they messed up the headline about who won the presidential election. I think that's what it is. So if I'm right about that, they 48 couldn't even get the presidential winner of the election right. Just a terrible number. If that had been 42 or 52 or 50, 44, they would have nailed it. 48's a terrible number. I feel good about our decision. 
Terrible number overall. I also imagine I'm not there yet, but when you hit 48, you're like, oh my God, I'm almost 50. It's just a bad number. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's no man's land. Listen, you're not even in that like classy silver haired 50s thing where you're like, oh, I'm 50, my 50th birthday. It's just like, Man, I'm in my late 40s, and <laughs> that sucks. You're right. I'm, I'm not at 48 either. I'm not even close, thank God. But, like, I can see it around the corner, and I'm not looking forward to being that age. It's not like, man, you know, when I'm 25 or when I'm 40 or when I'm 50, no one's like, man, when I'm 48, like, I'm going to really have my stuff together. Terrible age. Good call. Terrible age. Awful number. Let's uh, get into the headlines. Uh, today, Florida QB Anthony Richardson had his pro day, and on Good Morning Football, you said you wanted him to wow people, and I think that he did. He unleashed a 74-yard pass and at one point right. actually hit the roof of the Florida practice yes. facility. What are your expectations for Richardson? Well, I'm, I'm loving what you're saying because here's the deal. <laughs> Anthony Richardson is this awesome, awesome, awesome athlete who has not performed spectacularly as a quarterback, and he's going against two other quarterbacks in Young and Stroud who have performed spectacularly at the job they're about to be hired for. But I want Richardson. I want these, these, these people to be so naive and so seduced and so titillated by his musculature and his athleticism. I just want one team. Next, that's not true. I only want one team, and it's the Carolina Panthers, to say, damn it, we can build him. Give us a couple years to get our hands on this guy, and we can make him into a monster. He's got, listen, all these people this, this time of year, they're so seduced by no ceiling, high upside, untapped potential. And I think we're in an era where everyone is trying so hard to hit a home run at quarterback that they don't want to hit a stand-up double. They don't even want to hit a triple. They have to hit it 500 feet or they're not gonna be able to get to the Super Bowl or even win their division. Anthony Richardson has the athleticism, and you're talking about today, he's hitting the rafter with his throws. You're like, just, just let me sit with him for a while. G give me one year of him on the bench, and I will make him the next Patrick Mahomes, but faster and with a bigger broad jump. I like that storyline, because I love the draft. It's so hard, and people do such stupid things that are so regrettable, and sometimes they do really smart things. So, Richardson, listen, if, if there is a game and, it's, and it's, it was Florida versus Kentucky last year. It was Anthony Richardson versus Will Levis, and it was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. They both played poorly. There was a combined three interceptions between the two of them. I think one of them was a pick six. And it was the polar opposite of the legendary Patrick Mahomes-Baker Mayfield game that happened years ago where they each threw for like 500 yards. The Will Levis-Anthony Richardson game is a massive piece of evidence away from drafting them this year. But I just love it. I, I get caught up in the nonsense and the sort of erotica of athleticism that they do at the combine and what you're talking, throwing at 74 yards. So we still have several weeks. This is a campaign. It is a campaign to see who can shock the world and be the number one overall pick. And now he's just gonna let that sit. I'm the best athlete on the board. You wanna come and get me? You wanna take that little short guy over me? You know how big and strong I am? Good luck. I, I love it. I, he, he mission accomplished and now we sit and wait and the brains of the NFL people just turn and turn and churn and try to convince themselves, instead of taking Stroud or Young, who look good, let's, let's go for it. Let's either get an A or an F. I'd rather that than a B minus. So that's where we're at. And we'll see what somebody does in draft night. I don't know. 
I like his flair too. He's got a good personality. When asked if he hit the roof on purpose, he said, I'd seen Will Levis do it. Thought I'd see if I could put a hole through it. So definitely a guy Great. to watch. Uh, moving on, right. it's opening day in Major League Baseball, and the Texas yeah. Rangers have unleashed the Boomstick Burger at their ballpark. The two foot, that's two feet, not two pounds, burger topped with chili, cheese, jalapenos, and your favorite onion rings costs $34.99. Are you buying one? No, I mean, like, no. I, I, this is the time of year where some MLB team does their Franken food whatever it is and god bless them and we talk about it and everybody tweets it and everyone says that's trash that's disgusting that's why they're doing it I, I, it looks it appears to be a pretzel bun i hate onion rings so i would take them off there's nacho cheese there's those weird ballpark jalapenos which is always strange because it's produce at the ballpark and i'm not into that it's chili the question remains flynn always like all right so you purchased this you try to be funny and you're being ironic and you put it on instagram fine would, would you take it to your seat? Because that thing is wider than your actual seat. That means you're involving the people next to you who maybe you don't know, especially on opening day. You can't eat it. You need a napkin. You don't even need a napkin. You need an apron and a hazmat suit and a shovel. So it's haha, great Texas Rangers. You made something that's improbable. But I just wonder the person who buys it, how do they actually consume it? And don't they immediately regret buying it? Tell me I'm wrong. You do regret buying it after you put it up on that Insta story. Um, it's huge. Yeah. It's it's messy. It's not something you can eat at your seat. I don't think it's something you could even eat with your hands. I think, or imagine you have to break it into multiple pieces and then it's all over the place. Uh, I'm not a jalapenos guy. I am an onion rings guy. I still think you're crazy for that. Okay. I'm actually I'm actually uh, going to Texas for a wedding in late May. We're hitting up the Astros and the Rangers Stadium. Uh, I'll report back to you if I see somebody who actually has purchase this yeah well it's gonna be you Flynn like you have a duty to go and purchase it don't you come on you're going to a wedding you're gonna be everyone's gonna be living it up and you like onion rings just get it hold the jalapenos and put it on the IG we'll do a we'll do we'll do a love hate hilarious about Michael Flynn eating the what the hell is this thing called again the broomstick burger boomstick the, the yeah. boomstick burger yep <clears throat> good job way to go Rangers yeah. way to go try not to lose yep. 100 games this year yeah, they will. Uh, finally, uh, when the NFL season ended, I sent you a list of new segment ideas, and I want to try one of them out. Last week, All celebrating right. the return of Slam Ball, we asked our viewers for their favorite fringe sports. So this yeah. is something I'm calling the next big thing. We can work on the title later, but basically I'm like going to show you a sport, or in this case, a competition that you hopefully haven't seen or heard of before, and you let me know whether you think it's something that's going to catch on. So without further ado, I present okay. to you the Iowa Husband Calling Contest. Bob, hurry, hurry! Bob, Robert, Dean! Yoo-hoo, yoo-hoo, king, king! Yoo-hoo, cuckoo, cuckoo! The clock says... Can you hear me? You get yourself in here right now! Come on! You know you're gonna be late again, and you know that I want to get there on time. Roy! Roy, 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 Roy! So I'm impressed. I, I, I have some facts for you. The 
IHCC, as it's called, takes place at the Iowa State Fair every year. It features about 12 to 15 entries. That video I just showed you is from 2017, but it is still happening. The winner receives a grand prize of $5. The champion in this case was Bonnie Swalwell Eilert. Bonnie has won the contest multiple times and estimates she's been competing in it for about 35 to 40 years. All competitors receive an honorary ribbon. Uh, one of the judges explained her criteria, and there's three of them, not unlike takes on takes. She judged it based on your first impression, your last impression, and the presentation. That was a lot of info. What is your impression? All right, here's my impression. I'm gonna approach this as a producer. There needs to be a, uh, a complimentary competition to the Iowa Husband Calling Contest, which is the Iowa Husband Response to the Calling Contest contest. So when they're screaming and whistling like birds and Roy, we have the husbands lined up and they do the, yeah, or they do, what? <laughs> or, they, or they do, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the kids right now. I, I'll be down in a second. Like, I need to hear their responses. Or are they, yes, dear, yes, what is it, my love? Are they, are they that measured patience? Are they, um, I, I, I'm at the edge of insanity? Because some of those women, including the, the older woman, she looked like she was from the 19th century. And I mean that she was even like in colonial garb or something. So maybe she's been married for about 100 years. So maybe her husband, God pray for that man. Maybe he has that chemistry with her where his response is sweet and, and complimentary, but I wanted to scream back at the screen just hearing some of those. Um, I, I, I'm in a way kind of triggered by that. Like I feel like I just was yelled at by my wife. So how do you feel? You're a family man. That, that might've been like one of the worst things I've ever watched. <laughs> I, I, I apologize to all our listeners, especially who had no idea it was coming. Um, I like your idea. I wish there was a video. If this woman's really been competing in this for 35 to 40 years, I imagine that her husband's response at the beginning was the what that you mentioned. And over time, it's just become a complete ignore fest. Um, this, this is insane. It's hilarious. It's insane. Um, no disrespect yeah. to Iowa, but it seems like something that would come out of Iowa. Uh, they do have complimentary. <laughs> they do have complimentary contests. There is a mom calling contest. There is a hog calling contest. Uh, yeah. They also have, quote, more competitive family friendly events, unquote. Um, so, yeah, whole big thing at the Iowa State Fair. I, I'll just finish what you were trying to get at too respectfully. That thing was so Iowa it hurts. Like those, those people were like very Iowa, very Iowa. And I, I think that's a compliment. I love Iowa. Um, it's, uh, what was I just going to say? I lost my trick. Oh yeah. I think there should be fantasy husband calling. There should, there should be <laughs> leagues. You can have competitions, all of that. There should be jerseys. You know, there's such a nuance when your wife calls you in the house or in a store or whatever, and, and I mean calls out to you. And the nuance is this. If you reply, yeah, that's fine. If you reply, what, that's bad. There's a huge difference. Two words, each four letters, and sometimes I'll go with a what? And not even like a what, but what? And it, it, it never goes over well. You have to say, yeah. And so <laughs> I'm so much into the husband's response. Can you imagine these husbands having beers with their friends at the bar and they're like, hey, what's, where's Carol? And he's, he's like, oh, she's doing the husband calling. She's training for it right now. And then sure enough, Carol does that weird ass bird call, whatever she was doing. That's rough. I need to speak to the husbands.
I think the fourth place finisher, the bird call, uh, doesn't count. That wasn't a husband call. That wasn't calling that's a human not, being. No one talks to their husband that way. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. But that's awesome video. I love Next Big Thing. I love it. And that may be it. I want to be the Iowa husband calling contest show of record. I want to just say that right now. Uh, Flynn, great job. Excellent job. You're getting that burger when you go there. I'll, I'm more than happy to Venmo you for it. I will expense it to Kyle Brand Space. In the meantime, I'm going to throw a dart. Great job today. Weird show. There was a really weird show before we got to the bird call for the husband. And then I'm still a little bit shaken from that. The dart number today is one. I threw a one. We have random topics, one through 20, whatever number I hit, there's a topic. And one is favorite board game. Favorite board game. Remember when Milton Bradley used to make um, husband calling the game? It was awesome. Everybody loses. My favorite board game Anything with that uh, pop-o-matic bubble, you get the board game out just to pop that bubble, you know, just to, and it, for some reason, some brilliant engineer designed it so that if you just pop that pop-o-matic bubble, it bounces the die, and you get to know if you got a three or a six or a five. They did it for the game Sorry, which is a little bit of a downer game, but they have the pop-o-matic. I also like the middle of the game of life, where they have this, this spinner that's very satisfying to spin. So what I'm telling you is I like the mechanisms of it. I, I, I don't know, I can't explain why, but uh, I played a lot of board games as a kid and I played Clue and I played Monopoly a million times. Anything with the Pop-O-Matic bubble. So I'm gonna say sorry, and I'm gonna say I'm not sorry for it. But I am very happy, happy and grateful that you guys joined me here in the basement today with probably the weirdest show we've ever done, but one of my favorites. We talked about it all, we will talk about more tomorrow. Uh, Cobrant's Basement, last show of the week tomorrow. Please join us, share, like, retweet, subscribe, all those wonderful things. In the meantime, please exit through the garage, close the door on your way out. See you guys.